Innovation. Is it a secret sauce? A new gadget? An office with ping pong tables and beanbag chairs? Or is it a culture? Innovation means risk, but risk need not be recklessness. And the most valuable resources are your people. Who's pointing the way as an innovator? Who are the innovators that you need to pay attention to? To find out, we'll talk with J.P. Nichols, the Managing Director of Fintech Forge. Welcome to BAI Banking Strategies, where each week we'll focus on the key issues facing financial services leaders. We'll bring you objective opinions and actionable insights that will help you power smart decisions. I'm your host, Lou Carloso, the Managing Editor at BAI. Come on in. SageWorks offers banks and credit unions lending, credit risk, and portfolio risk software. By automating the life of the loan with SageWorks, bankers book loans faster and reduce risk. SageWorks provides integrated solutions to more than 1,300 financial institutions. For more information, visit sageworks.com. Thanks for tuning in to the podcast, and what a podcast it is today. We have J.P. Nichols. J.P. is the Managing Director of Fintech Forge. He's been internationally recognized as a leading voice for innovation, strategy, and leadership, and his work has been featured in some of the industry's top publications and conferences across the country and around the world. JP will moderate the BAI Global Innovation Awards content at BAI Beacon, which is coming up in October in Orlando, Florida. JP will guide attendees through why innovation matters and what makes the winning innovations meaningful to ensure you walk away with actionable ideas to take back to your organization. And JP, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. What issues around the next level of innovation do you see arising in the latter half of 2018? We see innovation as really a maturity curve. So some organizations are still just at the engagement. They're just saying, boy, we know we need to innovate, but we don't really have any idea what to do. The next level we call emphasis. So these are organizations that are saying, okay, we know we need to innovate and we've got some pockets here, but how do we really start to get some return on this? And then as they get better and better, they focus on effectiveness and then finally efficiency. Some of the most sophisticated, most innovative of organizations like some of the finalists for the Global Innovation Awards, they've already done all of that. So they're really focusing on how do we do more and how do we do it faster. So it depends on where you are. It's easy to get jaded for people like us that spend a lot of time in innovation and go to a lot of conferences all over the world. And yet there are many, many institutions and many, many customers who are still just struggling to have a proper mobile app and integrate some of the things that should be table stakes from some of the leaders. So as I look at the finalists for the Global Innovation Awards, there's a couple of uses of artificial intelligence. Absolutely, artificial intelligence is in place today, and we're going to see a lot more applications of that as we look through the rest of this year and on into next year. Let's talk about that. Take us there. One of the finalists is Bank of America and their Erica. And so they're using voice paired with artificial intelligence to be able to do a lot of servicing. We're really only four years into the voice revolution. I teach a class on innovation and fintech at a handful of the leading graduate schools of banking, and I do a lot of public speaking. So one of the things I've been doing lately is just asking for a show of hands, how many people are using voice in your daily life through your phone, or do you have a device on home, whether it's Amazon Alexa or Google Home or whatever it is? And 
vast majority of hands go up in any room I am, no matter where I am across the country. And then how many of your institutions are working on that? A tiny number of hands, anywhere from zero to less than 5% of the institutions. So I usually make them do it again. Show me again. How many of you are using it? How many of you are working on it? You have been a force for good. How do you see some of the Global Innovation Awards finalists overcoming these hurdles? Peter Drucker, who's probably the best management thinker in the 20th century, has a pretty famous saying. Everybody's heard some version of it. But culture eats strategy for lunch. And what he means by that is it doesn't matter how good your strategy is. If your culture doesn't support it, it'll just eat it up. And so one of the common threads through the nominees, and particularly the nominees that we see with multiple finalist nominations here, and those that we've seen in past years, like Kaisha Bank in Spain and Denise Bank in Turkey and USAA here, they've built a culture of innovation. And that's really one of the biggest challenges in financial services. Because if you think about the culture of banking, the kind of people who go into banking, somewhere along the line, there's a pretty good chance that they had a lending role where our job was to be right 99% of the time. And the idea of innovation is we don't know exactly, so we have to test and learn. It's really anathema to most of the culture that we build up for decades, if not centuries. The most innovative institutions, they're building a culture that supports innovation. And when you talk about the culture of innovation, USAA is tough to be. A financial institution with a net promoter score through the roof. I understand that they exemplified innovation through the awards in an especially exciting way. Tell us about that. I'm a big fan of USAA, and I know a handful of the people over there. I think they have three different ideas that are finalists, plus they're one of the nominees for most innovative FinServe of the year. I'll take something that's a good example of maybe this isn't, you know, 30 year down the road exciting, but it's going to add real value, and they're calling it IVR to digital channel shift. So if you're calling in on their IVR system, right, you're calling the call center, it recognizes if the caller is on a smartphone and if they have the mobile app installed. And if those two conditions are true, they actually give them the opportunity to complete the business in the mobile app. Now, some customers are not going to want that. No, I called you. Will you just fix it for me? Others are going to be, yes, I just wanted to know how I could do that. And is that flying robot technology? Maybe not, but yet it's actually going to create I think, better customer experience, which they're known for. And it's also going to drive a lot more efficiencies for them. They've already implemented it for debit card fraud claim submissions, things like address change and property claim submissions and so on. So there's an example of something that's kind of little and kind of hidden, but they're always moving the ball forward. I'll tell you another example. Casacorn Bank from Thailand, they're actually focusing on all-inclusive mobile banking for the visually impaired. Now, I have no idea how big that market is in Thailand or how big it is globally, but if you think about really being committed to your customers' needs, they've really created a way of interacting with the phone through simple finger movements and gestures, the haptic and voice feedback and so on, and being able to create a different experience for those customers. So I think those are kind of different ends of the spectrum, uh, but a good example of clearly some cultures that are supporting, hey, whatever we're doing today isn't going to be good enough tomorrow, so let's keep moving the ball forward. And then you have that lamentable 
end of the spectrum where people aren't so much concerned about moving the ball forward as the image forward. Jason, your compatriot at FinTech Forge, I just got out of a webinar with him where he talked about innovation theater, and I love this term, the innovation petting zoo. Why do banks fall into the trap of going there? I love that too, and I steal it from Jason all the time. So the first is innovation theater. Hey, we've opened up a cool brick office building downtown. We allow people to wear sneakers and hoodies to work. We have ping pong tables and beanbag chairs. Check, we're innovative. Well, not exactly, right? Then the next kind of iteration of that is what Jason calls the fintech petting zoo. Oh, let's go get ourselves in contact with fintechs, whether that's a field trip to Silicon Valley or we host them internally or we go to a conference and see four fintech companies on stage. Let's hear what they're doing and our banker friends take notes on their legal pads and then go back to the office and do what they already did. So it's easy to convince yourself that these kind of surface things are creating real change and changing the culture. They certainly can help. None of those things are bad ideas. It's just don't confuse those for actually changing the underlying culture and the underlying activities in the company. If you've done all those things I just described, but you still don't allow people to test and learn and to try new ideas. I still remember one CEO, we had a whole long session with how we needed to build test and learn. He said, oh yeah, that's all fine. Let's just make sure the first one we do is successful. And what we ended up actually saying to him was, well, you can do that, but let's talk about how big the win is going to be. Because what you're doing then is restricting yourself to the things that have already been proven. So you're not going to create a lot of new value. At worst, you're going to be stuck in this catch-up mode, which I know a lot of banks and credit unions find themselves in. But if you're going to really try to create a new value and some growth and create some competitive separation for yourself through innovation, you're going to have to embrace something new. And you're going to have to try some things that haven't been tried before. Now, it doesn't mean you go all in and bet the farm and put the institution in harm's way by launching some complete new product. In fact, the whole idea of test and learn is you test very small things with very small numbers of customers, and then you learn from that and you build and you make it better before you actually have a full-on launch. You help so many people do these kinds of things day in and day out. I want to know what you're particularly passionate about in your quest to make innovation unfold, to make a difference? I think we already hit on it. I am pretty passionate about the culture. And culture is the way we do things. And some people like to say, right, the way we do things when nobody's looking. What are the things that we reward? What are the unspoken boundaries of things that we don't do around here? And I'm really passionate about helping organizations embrace this change. And part of the problem, I think, for a lot of leaders, and I'm a recovering banker myself. I spent 20 years helping to grow a $6 billion bank to $400 billion. And I understand that being right 99% of the time. But number one, we tend to confuse risk as being very binary, right? We think that things are either risky or not risky. And the reality, of course, is there are a million shades of gray in between. So how can we break that down and quantify what are the risks we are willing to take versus the ones we know we're not willing to take? Number two is just thinking about how we're leading and managing our people and what we really want them to do. Yes, a big part of our job is going to be executing 
best practices that we've developed over decades and centuries. But at least a small part of our job ought to be how do we break out of that and improve and try something new. And so it's fun to help organizations build structure in the process because you can't manage innovation the same way you manage the core business. That's the number one aha for organizations that we work with is getting them to understand that innovation is just different. You can't manage it like the core business and you can't manage it like a traditional IT project where the outcome is already known. So all you're doing is managing the Gantt chart to get there. Real innovation is about exploration. We're trying new things. So we need an empirical approach to be able to manage that. We understand that move fast and break things ethos of Silicon Valley doesn't work in our highly regulated environment. But we still need to innovate. And so trying to create that healthy middle ground where we can balance those two extremes, this dynamic fintech landscape that we're all living in today, and at the same time understanding we are in a highly regulated environment. So we can't just throw caution to the wind and go throw things at the wall and see what sticks. We've got to have a process. Steve Jobs said, think different. You're clearly different, far above what I'm used to hearing JP, what a privilege to have you on the podcast today. Thanks for having me. And I am looking forward to seeing everybody in Orlando as we turn those finalists into some winners. And we're going to have a lot of great content, a lot of great discussion around innovation. In fact, you mentioned my partner, Jason Hendricks. He and I from FinTech Forge are actually doing a hands-on workshop. So it'll be a chance for some of the attendees to come and get their own hands dirty and start to make those changes that they need to make. J.P. Nichols is the Managing Director of Fintech Forge. He'll be at the BAI Global Innovation Awards leading the show and, of course, at BAI Beacon. You can look for J.P. on LinkedIn. And here are three key takeaways from today's podcast. Number one, innovation is a maturity curve. Engagement to emphasis to effectiveness and finally, efficiency. But beware of the hype curve as well. And if you're still unsure where to start on your innovation journey, study the winners from this year's Global Innovation Awards. Number two, remember Peter Drucker's famous saying, culture eats strategy for lunch. A common thread for innovative banks from USAA to Spain's Caixa Bank revolves around a culture of innovation. Innovation may seem to run counter to regulation, but innovators know that they need not throw out good sense to innovate. A culture of innovation marks a solid place to start your journey. And number three, beware of innovation theater and its close cousin, the innovation petting zoo. With innovation theater, it's all about appearances such as a funky office where techies wear hoodies and sneaks. And the petting zoo, that's all about making road trips to Silicon Valley and tech conferences but without meaningful follow-up. By themselves, the theater and the petting zoo don't set the stage for something more substantial, a test and learn, positive, action-oriented culture. Don't miss our immersive annual event, BAI Beacon, which takes place in Orlando, Florida, October 9th through 11th. It takes a team to transform an organization, and each team member has their own area of expertise that's critical to the effort. At BAI Beacon, you can find the topics most relevant to your individual role and regroup at the end of the day with fresh perspective and ideas. To find out more, visit BAIBeacon.com. 
And now BAI Banking Strategies brings you the aha moment where our podcast guest shines a light on that point in time where realization, revelation, or exploration made all the difference in their financial services career. Being excellent today is not good enough. Success is a poor teacher. How can these maxims possibly apply? Well, J.P. Nichols talks about how his time at U.S. Bank and the 2007 entry of a new CEO changed his thinking and launched him into a lifetime of innovation. Listen. For me, when our new CEO took over the bank in 2007, he polled all the senior leaders, and what he found was there were a lot of great things you would say about the bank, but innovative wasn't one of them, and he wasn't going to stand for that. So I was lucky enough to be a part of a team to really begin to build an innovative process and an innovative culture in the organization because that was really the first aha moment for me on being excellent today only gets you so far. And as Bill Gates likes to say, success is a poor teacher because what got us here today is maybe not what gets us to the next level tomorrow. Thanks for tuning into our podcast. And here are a few reminders from yours truly and your friends at BAI. First of all, if you haven't done so, subscribe to our daily newsletter. It's free to sign up. And be sure to check out our ever-growing archive of podcasts. Also, be sure to check us out on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter to stay up to date on BAI's latest and greatest. You can catch me on LinkedIn. Be sure to connect. I'm Lou Carloso, the managing editor at BAI. We'll see you soon. So long.